everyone, and welcome to East Coast Office Hours Fan Bites Friday Afternoon Podcast. I'm Merritt Kay. With me, as always, is Danielle Riendo. Danielle, how are you? Hi. I am I'm doing great right now, actually. I'm doing great because I've had so much caffeine and yeah. <laughs> both a three-hour movie and I just finished another podcast and... My dogs are really excited in the background. So there's a lot going on in my life. Yeah, you did uh, a three-hour movie. That makes it sound I? like you had fun. <laughs> it was a three-hour meeting. <laughs> I just don't want people to, to unjustly think that you had fun today. Um, <laughs> no, the meeting was, was, well, not maybe fun isn't the right word, but it was informative good. and useful yeah. and productive, which is what I think I meetings can't. should be. I don't think meetings yes. need to be fun. I don't think everything needs to be fun, you know? I'll just say it. I'll just say it. <laughs> games don't need to be fun. All right. Games don't. They can be enriching. Games can be miserable experiences that you put yourself through because you have a brain problem. It's funny when people <laughs> when people talked about like that whole discourse of like games don't need to be fun. Always came up around like art games that were like yeah. walking simulators or whatever. But it's much more relevant to games that are miserable grinds that you do just because mm-hmm. you have a brain problem. Yeah, like, yep. Some there are a lot of games that I have played where I'm like, "Am I enjoying this?" Like, doesn't matter. I've just got to finish it. <laughs> and it's like <laughs> that's that's the games don't need to be fun discourse. And it's um, maybe they should be. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I agree. I like it's just. Have it's you sort ever like, done that oh, with a game? Have you ever gotten sucked into something and you're just like, I don't know if I'm enjoying this anymore? Or are you? Oh yeah good and you're able to recognize that and stop like um it's weird because i've been doing this for a while and i mean doing this uh i don't even really do what i used to do but i used to review games so like it was legit part of my job to like finish everything that I okay played. sure yeah but that's work but that's work so it's already a little bit more complicated and also like my OCD shows up in weird ways sometimes in games where I'm like, oh, it's fine. I'll just play 14,000 hours of this thing and it's mm. fine. And it's great. But I, I think at least on some level, I fully recognize what I'm doing and that like, oh, this is like a nice uh, soothing anti-anxiety thing for myself. I mean, mostly because I play games like that that aren't actually grindy at all. Like I do this with Animal Crossing and... Um, into the breach, which are like, yeah, there's a lot of repetition, but it's not like I'm doing it for a, a grind or to like level up or anything like that. That doesn't really exist. Mm-hmm. So long answer to a short question, I would say yes, but thankfully I'm at least aware of when I'm doing it. That's but, good. That's good. That's but I do step. that in other areas of life that are probably less healthy. So, <laughs> so yeah, you know, I'm a fan of a physical treadmill, uh, not like a, a gaming treadmill, but like mm. I'm still gamifying elements of it in my head while I'm doing it, you know, like I'm still doing the thing where I'm like, okay, I'm going to do this many reps of this thing, or I'm going to go really fast for this long, or I'm going to, you know, put on whatever entertainment I'm going to do and like reward myself with types of entertainment for running fast, which I like think is kind of the same thing as a lot of grindy games. It's just that, you know. Yeah, except that you're getting something out of that. That's you're gaining true. <laughs> a physical health benefit from doing that. That's true, but I have hurt myself from overuse before. So, you know, I guess what I'm saying is don't overuse your destinies. 
and uh, I stretch when you run. I don't know. <laughs> it's been it's been a day again. I apparently said movie instead of meeting, which is very funny, and I can't believe I did that. But you know what? Here it is for the world to see. Well, I How watched a you? movie last night. Yeah, what was it? Yeah, I watched a movie that I was kind of astonished that I hadn't seen before. And so was my friend Annalise, who decided that we should watch it. We were going to watch Boxer's Omen. Oh, okay. But um, it turns out, which is a 1983 uh, Shaw Brothers movie. I don't know if you've seen it. I have not. I have heard of it, but... It's apparently just very... Just a lot lot going on in that movie, from what I've heard. it's very difficult to find streaming legitimately. Uh, so I might just have to torrent it. But I did see the Cronenberg classic Videodrome. You had never seen this before. I had never seen Videodrome. What? I know. Me. As a Torontan. Well, as you're a not Tor- exactly as a, a Toronto, right? But well, I've spent close, like close? a good quarter of my life in Toronto. Oh my so, God, yes. Um, and gotcha. most of my life within an hour of it. Sure, sure, sure. It, uh, yeah. yeah, it's, first of all, love an 80s Toronto movie because I love Ew. seeing all these, <laughs> like, oh, there's streetcars, there's Queen Street, there's, like, the, the harbor, all this stuff. Um, yeah. Also, the fact that it's, the plot of that movie is based on, like, a real uh, TV station in Toronto mm-hmm. that is now mm-hmm. owned by Rogers, like a major telecom company, but sort of made its name in I think the 80s and 90s by doing what the television station that the main character runs in that movie does <laughs> by showing yeah. violent movies and showing what they called baby blue movies um, on Friday nights. <laughs> wow. And um, uh, yeah. Uh, wow. One of my favorite movies, I think. it's uh, Yes. So I had seen... I've seen surprisingly little Cronenberg and a lot of it's on my list. It just hasn't come up for some reason, but I've seen uh, existence a few times actually. And I saw that actually maybe on that channel uh, (laughs) late (laughs) night when I was like, when I was like a kid in high school or something. That was a baby blue movie. Yeah. (laughs) Right. Yeah. That was like, here's (laughs) some softcore porn existence. Um, (laughs) That movie scared me so fucking much as a kid. Sure. And uh, kind of like a, a, a wet matrix, I would describe it as like mm-hmm. a goopy matrix. Um, I guess there's yeah. a goopy part in the matrix, but like the actual like jacking into the matrix isn't very goopy, whereas in existence it, it is. Um, but uh, yeah, Videodrome. Wow. Just like <sighs> incredible practical effects. Incredible just like you're going on this kind of like ride with this guy who starts off sort of like like really excited that he found something to puncture the his like shell of numbness that he's like <laughs> oh wow this is oh torture and stuff yeah yeah this is good we, sh- we should get this for my tv channel um and then he just becomes so enraptured with it and obsessed with it and it also really interestingly pits like um pits like sex and violence against each other even while it does sort of blur the lines yeah and it made me think of like, wow, David Cronenberg, like, not to be one of those like this movie predicted the future, but like it. Yeah, a little bit. Low key kind of <laughs> did in terms of like finding just like fucked up, like the whole culture of just like watching extremely fucked up shit, like real 
like, you know, real violence or like real murders and things like that. And uh, yeah, in conclusion, death to Videodrome, long live the new flesh. I am vibrating with excitement right now because (laughs) I have loved this movie so, so, so much for so, so long. Um, Like, fuck, this is, all right, this is, a little embarrassing, but I bought this movie. I this is the first Criterion Collection Hell movie I yeah. ever bought as like a college kid who was just really starting to understand how much I wanted to get into film and learn about film. Um, this is before I went to actual film school or anything, and I just took like you know uh, undergrad classes basically mm-hmm. in, in film production and, and film theory, and like. I am, I'm not ashamed. I'm not ashamed to say I went to like a Borders Books. I saw this Criterion Collection. I saw the like, um, the cover of it, which for the Criterion Collection is like the image of, um, oh my God, why can't I think of his name in the movie? The main character. Max Wren. Yes, Wren. I, I will never forget Max Wren because it just was such a like, I don't know, weird Mad Max thing to me. Like, putting his head into the TV with Debbie Harry's lips. Uh, yeah, yeah. Like, this is the image. I saw that, and I was like, yep. <laughs> That's the thing that I want, that I want to buy with my college dollars. <laughs> and, like, watched it several times in the next few days. Like, got obsessed with it. I watched all the little extra things, you know, that come with Criterion. One of the most interesting of those is, like, there's, like, a seven-minute or something, like, several-minute-long uh, sequence of, like, everything they filmed for the, like... <laughs> sorry, I don't know if you could say this word on, on radio, but, like, the samurai dildo, like, Oh, my sequence. God. The, okay, yeah. The, like... <laughs> <laughs> so, sorry, yeah, Jordan, if you have to edit that out, I'm sorry. <laughs> I think you're allowed to say dildo. That's a technical okay, right. term. It um, is, right? That, it's a product. That yeah. that yeah. Um, for context, if you haven't seen the movie, basically someone <laughs> is trying to sell his station this like soft core, like these these this Japanese production company is trying to sell this thing called Samurai Dreams, and like this <laughs> yeah, woman has dreams. this dildo that's like dressed in these clothes that she's like taking off, and then <laughs> is going to like use it. But it's so they filmed like more of that. They filmed like a whole short, oh like there's only God. a couple of shots of it, I yeah. think, in the final movie. Yeah. But they filmed like an entire short film that's like a very ritualistic, like she's like playing with the dildo, like not a, a hardcore piece, like it doesn't show penetration or anything, but it like shows her like having this whole ritual with it. And like, I just remember, again, being like, whatever I was, 20, and being like, oh my God. This is art. Sexy things can be art. Like I know, I know how dumb I know how dumb that sounds right now. No, but at the I mean, time, I was seriously like, "Oh my god, <laughs> this is incredible." Um, and it holds. I mean, in real life, not me at twenty, me now, it holds up so fucking well um, as a movie and like as a piece. The only thing. That has always bummed me out about this movie. Oh, also, I had friends who called me Patron because, like, I love this movie oh, so much. Because, yeah. <laughs> and we would do the whole thing, like, all right, Patron. Like, I, uh-huh. in film school, a bunch of my friends, that was, like, my nickname because we would do the whole stupid thing. Again, I was a much younger woman, and these things were hilarious at the time, but yeah. Um, <laughs> the only thing that actually bums me out, like, now, is that the buck wild original ending didn't make it in, like... The original ending was supposed to be like, 
I don't know. I would call some parts of this movie almost pseudo experimental in like kind of mm. how far they're willing to go for the time. And like there's a lot of like kind of avant garde, like shooting techniques and weird things that are kind of going on, especially with things like, oh, they made all these little short films to go into it, basically. The ending was going to be Ren wakes back up, but he's like in a, a type of like alien flesh and he and the Debbie <laughs> Harry character are like alive, but they have brand new types of genitalia and like they oh have my like God. N- brand new like flesh bodies that are super, like, I don't even know if they ever attempted uh, to make prosthetics or anything. Like that the was part just, like, the when, when his hand gets all gross with the gun, like yeah. that kind of. Yeah. Kind of like that, but for sex, for like wow. showing a different type of genitalia, basically. Damn. Which is fucking wild. And like, like considering the tone of this movie and considering what they do with it, I feel like that actually would have been pretty cool if it were done well. But yeah. Oh, I'm so excited you watched Videodrome. <laughs> like, I love that movie so much. I love Cronenberg in general so much. Like... Just one of our, just a national treasure of Canada, really. For Um, real? Just such a wonderful, (laughs) uh, wonderful filmmaker. And was met with such, like, just revulsion early on because there was a full page ad in a Canadian newspaper around when, what's the Slugs movie? The movie about this, like the weird little slug Oh, the, the ones that go in your head and you blow up? Scanners? No, not scanners. The one where everyone's really horny. Oh, oh, oh shit. Um, I it's like on the tip of my tongue. I'm gonna just put up Cronenberg <laughs> filmography because like, I think it was around that movie. There was, um, Shivers. Shivers. Yes, yes, Jordan. Yeah, Jordan got yeah. it. It's Shivers. I, yep. I think it was around then. Or maybe it was after... No, it was after The Brood. It was after The Brood, I, I think. I don't know. It was oh, one of, sure, sure. One of those early ones. Yep. Um, there was... One of those. <laughs> uh, there is this like whole thing of people... Someone <laughs> took an ad in a newspaper and was like, you should know what your tax dollars are going towards. Uh, <laughs> and uh, because he was oh. getting funding from the Canadian government. Course, and yeah. uh, I think he was like like run out of his house or something at one point oh no yeah it was like a whole thing um it was it was wild but uh but yeah no now i think most people recognize that he is uh incredible fucking (laughs) sick as hell oh i have seen crash which is a cronenberg movie sure i like crash a lot as well yeah very good movie i it's hard for me it's hard for me to top the fly. I haven't seen the fly remake. because I have seen pictures of it and I'm like, this looks fucking disgusting. But I'll, yeah, I'll get there. It's gross. I feel like if you can handle Hellraiser though, I think you can handle it. Like the melty body stuff. I okay. feel like, yeah, if you can do that, I do think you can do this. It is deeply disgusting and deeply, deeply sad. Like it's maybe one of the saddest like genuinely tragic, you feel it in your bones, saddest horror movies of all time. Um, and Jeff Goldblum is just so unbelievably hot in this movie mm-hmm. that it's. I mean, I've seen the pictures. It's a lot. Of like the sure. 
Yeah. Yeah. He and Gina Davis were a real-life couple when they filmed it, so they have great chemistry. It's a, just amazing piece of body horror and one of my all-time favorite movies, like, ever, ever, ever. Videodrome is one of those that's, like, hovers around my top 20, like, top 15, top 20. Uh-huh. Um, I love it to death. But The Fly, for me, something, I don't know, something about that, like, sadness without it being, uh, like retribution there's something I, I don't love when horror movies are necessarily about punishment but instead a bad thing just happens to people like it's a little more feels a little more real hits a little closer i really yeah mm-hmm. but anyway i'm i'm so 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 excited that you have finally uh i don't want to say partaken in the new flesh but you know you've seen it you've seen it happen it happened in front <laughs> of you. and that's that's beautiful and yeah it makes me happy. i have Yeah, yeah, I have seen Videodrome now, so it is in my brain. And um, (laughs) I don't know what to do about that. Oh, you've gone to the cathode ray uh, clinic. I recognize that building. (laughs) (laughs) Do you? Yeah, okay, so there's there's a church in Videodrome (laughs) where basically... (laughs) <laughs> just run by this like weirdo where like they take people in and just like let them watch TV. And it's a theater. I'm pretty sure it's a theater building in Toronto that was like not that far from where, from one of my old apartments in Toronto, like oh right God. on this big intersection. I think it's on the same intersection as um, this like fairly well-known Tex-Mex restaurant that was in Scott Pilgrim as well oh okay yeah wow wow anyway toronto location uh (laughs) highlights so uh jordo just said uh (laughs) toronto tex-mex or canadian tex-mex yeah listen (laughs) listen it's not gonna be great it's like it's no worse than any than what you might get in a lot of northern states i will say that sure there's a lot of, oh, I will say this though, this is really fucked up. And this is for Jordo and, yeah. and for everyone else who needs to know about a food crime. Uh, for some reason, it seems like if you order a burrito anywhere in Toronto, they always put it on a sandwich grill after they've made it. Really? They wrap it up and then grill it. And, um, huh. And there have been times when I've been like, um, Please don't. Can you not do that? And they're like, no, we have to. Like, what? What if you have what salad in there? What are you talking what if you have, about? Like, some salad fixins in there. Like, what, like, what do you mean you have to? Is there a law? <laughs> is there a Canadian law? Is there a municipal like bylaw that says <laughs> you must you must grill your burrito? It's madness. I think there might be. <laughs> it's madness. I think there might be. I, well, I was going to actually ask if Toronto was a good food city, but now I don't know if I should ask that question. Okay, in many ways, Toronto is a very good food city, but like there's right. just these weird quirks that are just, I don't know why anyone does this. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. But, but no, Toronto is a, is a beautiful food city. It's a wonderful, um, the incredible Indian food. Um, oh, good, good. All right. Uh, wonderful uh, Japanese and Korean food. Um, good. good. Toronto's also like not that big, so you can walk from like 
little Korea to like little India. Well, you can't sure. do that walk really, but um, or like little Italy, great Italian food. It's good. Toronto's a good food yeah. city. Uh, so just look past the grilled burritos or find someone that won't do that. Uh, <laughs> Somebody who will flaunt just like Canadian someone who will law. look the other way on the burrito grilling law. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like, oh, that's extremely, that's very funny to me. I've only actually been to uh, Canada once and it was Vancouver. I've never been to any East Coast city in Canada. I guess I've spent like an hour in Alberta, but that does, that hardly counts. Um, which is also not the East Coast, not East way, Coast really. Yeah, I was just <laughs> saying, like, that's, I guess, the second time I was ever in Canada was. Flying uh, back from Japan, we we passed through Alberta, but that that doesn't even count. Kind of yeah, I've central. only been to Vancouver. Yeah, that's like oh boy, that's a that's above like the uh, the old Mountain Time Zone here, uh, or yes. would be uh, the Mountain Time Zone, I think. Um, but like, yeah, I guess the only thing I was unimpressed by was I I did not like the supermarkets. They didn't have enough. Of my weird fucking yeah, like vegan asshole food. Yeah. When was and this? That made me sad. Oh god, this was probably twenty twelve. Okay, twenty thirteen. I will I say that yeah, it's gotten better, but definitely like okay. one of one of the things that always used to excite me about coming to America, um, yeah. the uh, the classic movie. Uh, the classic, uh, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Eddie, Eddie uh, yes. Murphy movie, I believe. Um, <laughs> I think so. Is um, that the grocery stores were just totally buck wild? Uh, yeah. <laughs> like our grocery yeah. stores, in comparison, were so just like. Uh, part of it is that like there was this brand called No Name when I was growing up that everything was okay. like just a yellow package with black font on it. Uh, and it just looks very like, like kind of like communist, like post-communist, just like, <laughs> like in, um, God, what game was it that I was playing recently where like, there's just, oh, I, I think it was Control, you know, in Control, okay. how like in the, yeah. the vending machines, it's just like chips or like pretzel, cola. <laughs> yeah. Um, that's what this was like. And, uh. It was just very weird. <laughs> like, and so then to come to the States and see this riot of color and flavors and like just wild stuff um, yeah. was we would come down to Buffalo and like do grocery shopping too, just because like uh, it was also cheaper at the time, I think. But yeah, I know uh, we didn't have sure. a lot of the really buck wild stuff. And that includes yeah. both like junk food, but also like vegan stuff until recently. Yeah. I hope there's more meat alternatives just for just for variety's sake, just just for for folks who like that kind of thing. Yeah, let me. I'm gonna just yeah. I'm gonna drop a picture of some of the no name stuff. Oh please, I would love to see some no name no name brand. It's uh, very good brand material. <laughs> oh, that's really good. There's it's apple like beverage. Apple beverage. Apple beverage is good. <laughs> Cocoa. Apple beverage, cola, mayonnaise. It's yeah, kind this of is like, very control. kind of iconic. Like, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's just, just like <laughs> it's 
just wild. Like that's what the supermarket was like when I was growing up. <laughs> yeah, Jordan's saying inverted Andy Warhol. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. I like I kind of appreciate this. Like I do kind of appreciate this. Very iconic. Um and I'm sure like many things, like you come to have a taste for things and appreciate that over perhaps some other brand of thing. Like, oh, right. I like yeah. cola brand better than Pepsi or whatever. I, I'm pulling that completely uh, out of nowhere. Sure. No, we, cause we would get store brand stuff like cereal and stuff. Like, so we never bought real Fruit Loops. We brought, we bought mm. store brand Fruit Loops, which were like, and people would be like, oh, they're the same. Like they weren't the same. They were different. Right. They were made differently. They were different texture, different size. But then I came to really like them. And yeah. uh, and now I'm like, well, if I ever wanted to get those again, I don't know if I can. Or I guess I could in Canada. But like, yeah. it's weird. Because some of those products, definitely it's just the same. It goes into a different box or whatever. But then some sure. are different. And like, yeah, you start to prefer like RC Cola over <laughs> Coca-Cola or whatever. This is a weird one, but I had that for like Nutrigrain bars, the like little bars oh. with the fruit compote in them. Like yeah. I grew up having whatever Nutrigrain bars when I was younger. And then I sort of developed a taste for like a generic store brand like later on in life and then really preferred that. I was like, no, this has more dignity than the Nutrigrain bar. This has more of a heft to it. Uh, the texture is better. And then I started thinking, like, wow, I really what's wrong with me. <laughs> like, what the fuck? But yeah, that's like a go-to in my brain somehow for this. Like, the store brand is better, actually. I do know folks, um, and this is maybe a snobby New England thing, but maybe you also appreciate this as a, a Canadian person. But like, I prefer pure maple syrup. Like, I grew up in New England, mm. that's what we have mm-hmm. there. And I knew a lot of folks who like liked the the fake. I'm not trying to like make it out to be lesser than but you like mean the kind that's like mostly yeah that's like sugar with syrup more corn syrup yeah yeah exactly and some folks really just genuinely prefer that kind like that's what they enjoyed that's what they grew up with that's like the taste that they want out of something or the texture they want out of something and totally i respect that even though my my fancy ass enjoys the pure maple syrup because i grew up on the on the fancy shit i guess yeah i um <sighs> Wait, no, now, okay, well, this is weird. Uh, I am remembering <laughs> that at a friend's house um, <laughs> that I would go to sometimes when I was growing up, they would just put corn syrup on waffles. What, really? Like the beehive corn syrup. Do you know what that? Like, wow, it like, yes. Yeah. It's for like baking, usually for baking. Yeah, think, they right? would just yeah put that <laughs> on a waffle that they would make. <laughs> And I guess it does. I'm looking at a bottle of it and it shows someone it's like the bottle shows waffles on the front, implying that you would just pour it on. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. It's kind of weird now, but um, yeah. yeah, it's funny. When I was a kid, I hated pure maple syrup. Oh, uh, really? Another friend's family. They were obsessed with it because they were sort of like, <laughs> sure, I think they sure. were a little higher on the social class uh, sure, sure. rankings than we were on the uh, the class tier list. But uh, <laughs> they were, they were <laughs> up one tier. We were down in like, you know, Aww. C tier and they were like solidly like A, I think. 
Um, oh, wow, that's a couple. I guess that's a couple of tiers then. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Canada, everyone goes to public school for the most part, so you know you you mix with people of different socioeconomic classes, which it turns out is probably a good thing. Um, probably better. Yeah. Probably a lot better. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so they would get real maple syrup, and I tried it and was like, "This is so strong!" Like, I just give me that like. <laughs> Just that weird stuff with the kind of racist caricature on the bottle. Sure. Yeah. Yep. Like, that just give me the stuff that comes in a plastic bottle with a little flip cap. And oh. it just mostly tastes inoffensive and like sugar. Um, yeah. But now I, you know. Well, it's thicker. It's, it's so thicker. much thicker. It's thicker, the other thing. which yeah. I liked. Yeah. And then real yeah. maple syrup is quite watery. Yeah. I suppose you could it's add very, something to it. It's super strong. It's, it's very strong, strong too. And a thin substance. Yeah, for sure. Yes, yes. <sighs> I, can't, I can't help it. And things of that Syrups. nature. Hey, you know, maple syrup has calcium in it, so it's fine. We would go, I'm sure I've talked about this on um, on the show before, but um, because I did grow up in Canada, we would go to a sugar shack for oh. uh, a field trip. And uh, you go. I don't remember hearing about this actually. You'd go in the spring, like everyone, every Canadian kid. I don't know if they do anymore, but like in Ontario and Quebec, because Quebec is where the most of them are, and there's some in Ontario. But yeah, you'd go like in the spring when it's starting to melt, and they tap the trees and um, get the sap, and then you boil the sap in these huge boilers, and that's how you make maple syrup. And uh, it was a whole fucking thing. (laughs) <laughs> my dad made it a couple times. We had sugar maples in our oh, backyard. Cool. Yeah. It wasn't very good when he made it, but I also don't think he was like, you know, he didn't have like a lifetime of, of, sa- of right. uh, sap boiling. Yeah. And I think you need, yeah. I'm experience. sure there is something to be said for like <laughs> the people that have been doing this for like however fucking long knowing what they're doing. <laughs> right. Yeah. It was not terrible. I mean, like. That's my good. mom complained about it a lot, but I remember thinking, like, no, it's pretty, it's pretty good. It's, like, a little more watery, but, like, it's yummy. I don't know. Yeah. But, yeah. Yeah, it's mm, such a weird Northeast thing. I just associate it with so many folly activities. For some reason, the maple taste is very folly to me, even though I know they're mm. tapped in the spring. But uh, I actually – so, continuing on the, on the fall thing, I did go apple picking this weekend with my family. <laughs> And it was, like, this adorable experience. Um, We even got my mom to go out. My mom's not the most outdoorsy person. Um, I talk about my mom sometimes because I think she might be one of the funniest people I've ever met in my entire life. Not always intentionally, but, like, her mannerisms and, like, the way she goes about the world is just very, very Mm -hmm. funny at times. But she had a great time. She she picked a few apples. nice. You know, she looked at some pumpkins. We took a few pictures. It was a lovely fall activity uh and it did make me think of the god there was there sure was not to bring it up not to bring up the bad three letters but there was an snl sketch that was kind of funny about apple picking listen years ago snl has been funny before (sighs) yeah it it has been funny at times (laughs) there have there There have have been been good snl sketches this one some good eddie murphy ones to bring him back up yeah, exactly. Exactly. The one where he know, goes undercover as a white person. It's pretty good. It's pretty good. It's a pretty good one. That's a pretty good one. The the apple picking sketch, it did make me laugh. I won't lie. I don't know why. 
It made me laugh. Mm-hmm. It made me think of that, especially with my mom, especially bringing my mom to an outdoorsy place. Uh, so, yeah. Just talking about our families and outdoor traditions. Families I guess, and syrups and things of that nature. <laughs> and Videodrome. Videodrome. <laughs> very- don't drink the syrup that comes out of Videodrome, though. That's very nope. important. You don't want to ingest nope. that. You will get yeah, you very sick. Yeah, it's gonna. It's it will gonna make, make you, you ill. It's gonna make you real sick. You don't want that. Uh, speaking of sick, but in the good way. Nice, Merritt. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Is there anything this week that you worked on that was especially exciting? Yeah, one sec. I just want to see how much it would be to buy twenty-five kilograms of corn syrup. Oh yeah, yeah. Would I would you, guess I'm not that much. That oh, it doesn't say. Or just like the maybe if you look for like the baking kind, well, like I am just I found a site that will sell you a pail, a twenty-five kilogram pail. <laughs> Obviously oh, for shit. baking <laughs> and stuff, not sort of like a household thing that you would just sort of buy. But um, kilogram beehive. Now I'm curious how much that costs. I don't know why that site won't tell you. Right? Like, what are this? They have like a black market going on with the corn syrup, like. You gotta know a guy to like get their corn syrup or something. Well, I can't find it. I would imagine it's not very much. Um, I, I would hope not. It's corn syrup, right? It's one of the cheapest substances on the planet. It, it's like <laughs> it's quite gotta be subsidized. Yeah, <laughs> like uh, alarmingly so. Yeah, right. Anyway, um, things the good things from the website that we all love. Uh, yeah. The website that we all crave, we all love. Um, we speaking. We want of, to put it on our pancakes. Speaking of movies, I want to spread this website all over my pancakes. Uh, <laughs> we posted a review of a movie that I want to watch um, called um, So One Eo Three. Oh, uh, the review is by Eddie Vargas, and cool. the movie is about. It's like about the last day of an MMO. Um, oh shit! Okay. And it's about um, actually Final Fantasy XI, which still exists. <laughs> like it's it's uh, yeah, kind of a weird thing of like what if Final Fantasy XI was like ending in 2016 and like it cuts in machinima and then like sort of live action footage and superimposes like uh, chat logs and stuff like over the screen. And cuts between like uh, like New York and Vancouver, and then the fictional world of the game. Oh, nice! And uh, it just sounds like a really the reviews like oh this <laughs> sounds great. Uh, it's by a filmmaker named Kurt Walker, who okay. has done a few other feature length things and uh, some shorts as well. And. That always was kind of compelling to me, the idea of like the 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 last moments of a uh, an MMO because yeah. it is kind of like the end of a world. And, you know, you always hear about like people doing different things to celebrate it or like the devs doing different things like just sending a big meteor or just like killing everyone or, or just something, right? Uh, and I think that it's a really interesting narrative device to me yeah so yeah i am gonna check this out it's free uh it's oh, nice. publicly available 
And uh, it's by this film distribution studio called Kinet. Okay. And uh, I think all of their movies are just um, sort of publicly available. Um, yep. Uh, this one is SO1 EO3 is on YouTube. It's an hour long. And um, yeah, I'm, I'm going to check it out. But uh, if that sounds interesting, then you should check out the review by Eddie Vargas. Yeah. That went up a couple days ago. That's extremely cool. Very, very my shit. Uh, not that I play MMOs, but like that sort of format of like mixing different weird media. Yeah. It's so much fun and so rad when it's done well. Totally. It's something I enjoy. How about you? For my own part, for my own part, I am also going to talk about a movie related thing which I guess I do a lot here because I just have so much fun talking about movies, but it'll be coming out on Saturday, uh, this week's Scream It. So I guess it's a uh, sneak preview <laughs> of the podcast of the movie. Uh, but I watched Halloween three season of the witch, uh, and LB and I discussed it and we had like a ball, like it, uh, an hour of podcast time went by in about 10 seconds. Uh, wow. it was so much fun to talk about what a classic just like an absolute cheese ball, like kind of feels like a James Bond movie gone hilariously sideways. Uh-huh. Actually perfect. Like early 80s, like ridiculous production design. Uh, it's the Halloween movie that doesn't have Michael Myers and isn't Ooh. at all a slasher. It's so much fun. It is so Now, ridiculous. could I watch this without having seen the first two? Yes. It's a completely different, like it's it's sort of what they wanted to do with this and they couldn't because it was a huge flop but they wanted to actually make the halloween series like an anthology of like loosely connected maybe there's something kind of cute you know whatever happening in the background um but completely different just weird happenings uh, going on on halloween night and this was a huge flop so they went back to just making a, a fairly boring i think is well i would say anyway fairly boring uh, series of films. Again, I like the first one. I think the first one has a lot of cool things, blah, blah, blah. I talked about this in the podcast, but like, this is just the coolest, weirdest little thing that just exists somehow. Um, I would 100% recommend uh, that you'd watch it. It's like a cool. very corny, cheesy, very fun and wacky, actually horror sci-fi, to be honest. Like, there's a lot of weird sci-fi elements in it. Like, early 80s British sci-fi specifically. Right. So, and it it's not yeah. Carpenter, right? It's the guy who did it, like the first it. Yeah. Carpenter produced. Okay. Um and he was only like he only even came back to produce with right. Deborah Hill because they were like no, there's no Michael Myers. This isn't like a franchise film. Oh, this is okay. like hey, let's do an anthology. Let's do some weird shit. So he's like, "Oh yeah, definitely. That sounds cool." Now, Halloween, the movie, like the original movie does, um, it is like a fictional movie in that world, which is cute. Like, that's the only connection. That's the only. Oh, okay. So they did that, um, which they do again for the, uh, the Nightmare movies. Yeah. With uh, New Nightmare, Wes Craven. Yeah, exactly. Like that level of, oh. I mean, it's not the the same, obviously, structure, but yeah. It's it's really cool. I loved it. I did not know about this movie before I watched it, and now I'm singing its praises and really enjoy it. And I guess the other thing I just wanted to mention is not my doing. All I did was say, hey, that sounds like a good idea, uh, and, you know, did a thumbs up. But we launched a little show called The Vineyard 
uh, with Funk Kids yeah. And it is a hilarious and really insightful video series and podcast companion uh, that looks into like the making of and the history and the origins of really like ridiculously popular internet videos, like especially vines, but it's not necessarily going to be all vines just so there's plenty of cool things uh, that they can do with it. But yeah, the first episode is on um, back at it again at Krispy Kreme, mm-hmm. the iconic vine. Um, and they go like really relatively in depth like about how, where this video kind of came from and like uh, the creator of it. And like um, they even tried to emulate some of the flips, which was very funny. Uh, so yeah, just like such a fun, cool, awesome thing. I'm just like, I had my one year anniversary at the site yesterday yeah. and I've just been kind of sitting here basking in the warm glow of like, holy shit, we do so many cool things here. And I'm just very happy about that. I love K-Hole. I know I shouted that out last time, but what a fucking awesome, weird, wonderful thing that K-Hole is and Vineyard and Best Camp of My Life with Fernanda Praches, which is a MMA podcast that like is from like a feminist, like humanist progressive lens, which you don't get much of. Mm-hmm. So yeah, just really, really pleased lately with, you know, new shows and new approaches to things. And Fanbyte's cool. I just, you know, I'll just say it. I'll just say it. Fanbyte's pretty cool. It is cool. Yeah. Or it's like dorky, but in fun ways, you know? Yeah. It's not cool, cool. It's good. <laughs> and that's what I have to say about that. Uh, is there anything else you wanted to uh, tend to before we close up office hours for business? Um, I think that's it. <sighs> Amazing. Good. Well, yeah. Well, it's been a week. Even though it was a short week for me, it's been a week, so... Yeah. yeah. Here we are. On Friday evening. Yeah. <laughs> Do you want to take us out? Yeah. So on this beautiful Friday evening, I think we're about to close up the office and close office hours for business. Please do be sure to rate and review our podcast if you do have a moment or tell your friends, family, whoever you think might enjoy our podcast because word of mouth means everything to us. We are a very small but growing podcast network and uh, if you can help us out, that would be truly wonderful. You can listen to all of our shows on fanbyte.com slash podcasts. Follow us on Twitter at fanbytemedia. TikTok at Fanbyte. We're actually back on Instagram, also at Fanbyte. Uh, and of course, on fanbyte.com. You can watch all of our excellent streams, including Merit's uh, Hades in the Morning streams on twitch.tv slash Fanbyte. And thank you especially to Jordan Mallory for producing this show and just generally being awesome. Thank you, Mallory. Uh, Mallory. Jesus. Thank you, Jordan. I clearly need to go take a nap uh, after my three-hour movie slash meeting. <laughs> Uh, Merit, where can people find you online? Uh, I'm on Twitter at Merit K. People want to follow me? I'm at Danielle R.I. on Twitter. And with that, I bid you adieu and say that office hours are closed for business. Bye.